I'm Andrew Smith, the CEO of the Association of Dental Support Organizations, and this is Thank You for Flossing. If you're looking for bites of wisdom on the future of the dental industry, you're in the right place. Stick around. Hello, everybody. Uh, I want to welcome everybody to the third episode of Thank You for Flossing. It's been an absolute pleasure being able to do these podcasts uh, with all of you and the interesting conversations we've had. Uh, and today's guests are, are no exception. Today, we're going to be talking about advocacy issues at the state level, um, specifically how we're going to inc- increase dental access. Um, and what we're going to be talking about is a really newer concept in to dentistry, which is the medical loss ratio, or as it's commonly referred to as MLR. Um, And our featured guests here today have a lot of experience with this and have been in the trenches with ADSO working on this very important public policy issue. Uh, So I just want to go ahead and introduce uh, both of them. First up, we've got uh, Dr. David Lusbader, who is a practicing dentist at South Shore Oral Surgery and the Director of Clinical Affairs at 42 North Dental in Massachusetts. Uh, Dr. Lusbader is also the Chief of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery at Milton Hospital and is a clinical instructor at Boston Medical Center. And then also we have uh, Jeff Ligabel, who is joining us. Jeff's become a great friend of mine, fellow executive committee member. He's the president and CEO of 42 North Dental, uh, and he's leading a leading dental support organization in the Northeast and throughout the country. Uh, And we're really excited to have both of you. So Jeff, Dr. Lusbader, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy to be and here. Don't worry, we won't we won't talk about the New England Patriots here because I'm a <laughs> I am a a sad, sad Chicago Bears fan. So I've got nothing to talk about. But don't worry, we'll just keep it to the exciting stuff of NLR. Um yeah, so, wrong year to talk Patriots. <laughs> wrong year. I know, I know. All right. Well, the Giants didn't do any better either. So no. <laughs> Bears, but anyways, Bears no. are in that category. Right? Yeah, we're terrible. It's embarrassing for everybody involved. Um, so with that, we're gonna go ahead and and get started. So I Dr. Lusbader, I'm going to start with you. Could you tell our audience what is MLR? Well, is it, in medical loss ratio, in its, I guess, simplest term, is um, the uh, the expenditure that an insurance company would spend on the, of premium dollars towards direct patient care. So in Massachusetts, as we have crafted our legislation, it's shooting for an 83% MLR uh, ratio. So that would mean 83 cents of every dollar would go towards direct patient care. And what we're working on now is what the definition of direct patient care is you know, with the Division of Insurance. But following the lead of, of the Affordable Care Act and things like that, it's pretty self-explanatory that it should go you know, d- directly to, um, direct, to dental care that, that benefits um, patients' oral health. And I think one thing you just to pick up on that, and if you could explain a little more because you guys have obviously been very involved since it's in Massachusetts, you're they're the leading dental provider in the in the Commonwealth. Can you talk a little about how MLR will impact patients in their care, and then more specifically, how does it affect people trying to get dental care? Well, there's a number of ways I think it will um, uh, impact positively on dental care. First off, more premium dollars go towards dental care um, that should improve access. Um, I think there's a misconception or a hope, you know, you know, maybe in the dental community that it's it's going to you know greatly increase fees. I don't think that's the 
necessarily the goal of the legislation. I think what will happen is you'll see a higher percentage of, of, of payment picked up by insurance companies. So for instance, where you know um, a lot of plans are sort of notorious for playing for 50% of a crown uh, fee, they may pay 75% of it. So um, there'll be less out of pocket expenses for patients, which would be beneficial. It would allow them you know, uh, more money uh, to be used towards dental care. Um, because the way the current system works now, people uh, and even some of their practitioners tend to, to, to treatment plan towards what's allowable by insurance and not what the patient really needs. So it, some of the plans that, that we've looked at when I was president of the Dental Society, the, um, uh, their MLRs were, were at or below 50%. So there's, there's, you know, that, and that all went to insurance company profit, not to patient care. So th this uh, legislation and legislation that I think is coming uh, in other areas of the country will um, hold insurance companies' feet to the fire a little bit and, and make them accountable that what, you know, the premium dollars they collect you know, they're entitled to a profit. They are in business. We, you know, we don't dispute that. Um, but they but they are or should be in the business of taking care of patients and providing, you know, those um, those administrative uh, features that they're that the employers purchase so that the employees and subscribers can get good quality patient care. So, you know, the hope is that with with an increased MLR, uh, increased dollars towards patient care, there would be increased case acceptance and um, and also increased amount of dental care, which would be beneficial for everybody. Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head because, you know, obviously all the providers want to ensure that they are being compensated appropriately. But at the end of the day, I think you hit the, you know, a good point that it'll allow the patient to have greater utilization of their benefits. And, and I think that's key because there's still many people that are not able to get the care that they need or can afford. So I think it's, it's obviously critical. I'm glad that, you know, along with you and ADSO, we've been very focused when working with the Department of Insurance of making sure that that is the case. And obviously we know dental support organizations are, are best poised to be able to deliver more benefits um, in that. So Jeff, I'm going to turn it over to you since I know you've been very integral in helping shape the rule going into effect. Could you talk a little about where things stand, you know, kind of right now and kind of, you know, it passed as a ballot measure. And then kind of, can you walk the audience through a little about where it has been going and kind of what the next steps are for it to actually go into effect? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just to kind of share a little bit of the story um this was a ballot measure in the state of massachusetts uh, it's called question two um uh, people and a lot of people have researched it um and it passed uh it passed by over 70 percent so said differently um the citizens of massachusetts were able to vote on whether or not there should be a loss ratio for dental plans in the state um, and over 70% of the citizens uh, that voted, voted yes, that there should be a loss ratio for dental insurance companies. So um, those of you that follow politics know that 70% is a big uh, a big clip. So to say it, it passed by a wide margin is, is accurate. So um, that was on the ballot in November of 2022. So that was about a year ago. Um, this year, 2023, has been about um, how to actually bring that to life. And 
um, the division of insurance uh, has been tasked with um, trying to figure out how to put a law in place uh, based on this ballot measure that uh, insurance companies can follow and that will drive what uh, people really voted for, which is this increased access to care and wanting to know that uh, the, the money that they're paying for dental premiums goes further um, and you know help solve some of the, the pain at the consumer's pocket. Uh, so as we sit here right now, uh, the Division of Insurance has released uh, a draft regulation. Um, the effective date of this law is 1-1-24, uh, which as we're sitting here recording, it's a little more than 30 days um, with some important holidays uh, in the meantime. So uh, this is expected to come out, the final regulation uh, any day, um, certainly in the next 30 days. And obviously once it does, I think everybody needs to figure out exactly how to um, bring this to life and how it's going to change uh, the way that uh, both some dentistry is done as well as how dental insurance, um, it'll have impacts on both uh, in the state uh, starting one one twenty four. Absolutely. And I, Dr. Lusbader, you talked a little about what patients can expect, and I'd be curious to get both of your point of views. How um, are you at 42 North looking at this issue of, you know, how dental practices should be looking at this rule and regulation coming into, into effect? You know, how are dental practices should be preparing or thinking about it? What do you see as, you know, upside, any downside? I'd love to get your perspective for our, our audience. Um, I think there are a lot of ways you, you know, you can prepare for this. Um, you know, of course, without having the final regulations, it's you have to have some contingency plans. But I think, um, as I said earlier, you know, I listen, I'd love to get a, a huge fee increase. I don't think that's really realistic. And as Jeff and I have said often, uh, it's probably not what the voters voted for. I don't think they were looking to um, increase um, dentist revenue necessarily. I think they're looking to increase access. I, I think what practices have to look at whether they're they're um, solo practices, whether they're multi-specialty, whether they're you know large DSOs, um, the their needs are actually all pretty much the same, and it's it's going to be, I think, monetizing the uh, the amount of dental insurance people have and utilizing it effectively, and educating patients that you know this is uh, like an additional benefit. So now when you have fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars of benefit, you know the insurance company will probably you know be laying out more than they had in the past and you know delaying care becomes much more expensive care so i think um we almost need to have a pr campaign that you know will will push more preventative or push you know to do procedures um necessary procedures earlier because delaying them um then they end up in my office so instead of needing a uh, you know, a restoration or a root canal, they end up needing an extraction and an implant, uh, which is you know, more expensive care. So um, I, I think there's this tendency uh, with existing dental insurance, which, as we know, is not really insurance. It's more like a prepaid gift card, if you will. And um, so, you know, it's better than nothing, I tell people, but it's usually not worth purchasing if you have to pay for it yourself. If, you know, if your employer purchases it, um, it's a nice benefit. And now it should be able to cover uh we should be able to stretch those dollars a lot further. And, and so you know i think as we uh, prepare for that and, and you know jeff and i were, were pretty active in the um testimony process and as were others um 
through the ADSO. And that, you know, that was an important part of it uh, so that we can sort of get the messaging that is going to be beneficial for, for everyone. Um, I think what was really encouraging through this process was how aligned uh, MDS, ADA, and ADSO were on this. And that, you know, that to me was, um, that doesn't happen all the time. And uh, it was a really good, um, it was a really good messaging. I think, I think there were a lot of consistent messages. I don't think um, there was disagreement on, on much of anything there. You know, that some of the details we're always going to disagree on, but I think, you know, in terms of, of, of getting ready, you know, we've been preparing for this since it was passed and we've been talking internally and, and how, you know, we think this will, will be beneficial for our patients, which, you know, in the end benefits everybody. If it's beneficial for the patients, it's beneficial for the practice, beneficial for the dentists, you know, maybe less beneficial to the insurance companies, but you know, they lost the referendum. So it is what it is. <laughs> I, I may uh, add a, a couple of things. Um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time, you know, kind of going around to visit practices asking, you know, what what's happening, you know, what kind of feedback are we getting from patients? Um, I also read um, all patient reviews submitted for all of the practices that we support on a weekly basis. And I would say when when you get down to the patient, you know, what what are our patients saying about visiting our supported practices? Um, I'm really proud of the patient experience we provide across the board. So let me start there. But I like to ask questions about, you know, what could we do better? What are our patients struggling with? What do our patients wish we were doing that we're not? Um, and uh, almost all the time, the stories come back around patients either not being able to afford the care that they need um, or patients being frustrated that, um, you know, they have insurance and they assume that their insurance would cover more of the care. And, um, you know, you, you obviously, Dr. Lusbader alluded to it a minute ago, dental insurance and medical insurance are very different. Um, you know, if you need $50,000 of medical care, um, you know, your medical uh, insurance probably covers a very large chunk of that. If you need $50,000 of dental care, um, it doesn't work the same way. And so, I think a lot of patients are confused by that and end up being frustrated by that. So I think the thought that um, patients can be confident that the premiums that are being paid for dental care are, you know, a larger percentage of them are going towards actual dental care, I think is going to be a, a huge boost for patients. Um, I also think having transparency around how much of premium dollars that are coming in is going out, uh, which this loss ratio obviously requires for the insurance companies, I think will be helpful to patients. Because if you think about what I just said, like, well, I know I have dental insurance, why doesn't it cover more? What is it covering, right? That will be, more, there'll be more transparency around that. And then I think the last thing we're doing to prepare for this is that, um, I think, you know, the state of Massachusetts, um, you know, has been a, um, a bit of a flag bearer on a, a number of fronts and, and was with, uh, you know, what ended up being the Affordable Care Act, obviously something implemented in Massachusetts initially um, with Romney Care that people are familiar with. Um, and so I think with that, um, the, the legislation and the Division of Insurance have been 
following that uh, model a little bit. And one of the things that has been clear from the beginning is that the division of insurance um, has really been focused on making sure that there's a quality aspect to this as well. And that this is not just about money. This is not just about dollars going from one place to the other. This really needs to be an opportunity to deliver more quality dental care. Um, and so there's there are quality um, initiatives built into the draft regulation. Uh, and we've been really focused on how can we lead in that area? And um, for us, obviously, it lines up well with the fact that uh, as an organization, we have quality and um, initiatives that we've been driving and metrics that we've been tracking uh, to try to enhance the clinical care provided throughout the organization. And so we've started to have conversations with um, some of the large payers around, hey, with this happening and with uh, quality initiatives built into the regulations, how can we partner to deliver a higher standard of care to patients and have that sort of come out of this as well. So it's not just about access and it's not just about where the dollars end up. Um, it's also about delivering a higher standard of care. And, and we're really doing a lot of work to make sure that we're in front of that. No, great point. And Dr. Lusbader, you said something really interesting that I continue to talk to all of our members and, and those in the industry about is that we know dentistry has been very fragmented uh, among different types of groups. Um, but this issue has unified all different types of practice modalities. You know, you mentioned the Massachusetts Dental Society has been very supportive and helped really lead this. You know, the ADA and ADSO helped fund that and also been very active in the rules and regulation phase. So I think it's great that the whole industry is unified behind this and really trying to deliver, like Jeff mentioned, the quality aspect to get the patients the care they they need. So you know, with that, I wanted to get both of your perspectives. We've obviously seen with our work at ADSO, numerous other state legislatures looking at a medical loss ratio for, for dentistry. And I wanted to get your thoughts on how do you see what's happening in Massachusetts translating to other states? You know, what, what do you see as kind of next steps for this issue throughout the country? I... You know, Massachusetts tends to um, be the leader in, in healthcare reform. And, they, you know, uh, Romney Care, you know, uh, uh, was the predecessor of, of the uh, Affordable Care Act. And I think that's I think that's what you're going to see here. You know, there's already, uh, I don't know, 13 or 15 states that, that have legislation pending. Um, and I think you're going to, you know, you're going to see this kind of spread like wildfire um, across the country. Um, you know, there there may be uh, some states that may do a two-step approach where they might have the reporting requirement first, but I think this is coming. I think the one, you know, once the insurers have been exposed to, uh, you know, in, in, to what they're actually spending on on direct patient care, um, I think uh, you may even see some consolidation of, of insurers leaving those states because they can't afford or they they won't do business that way. I mean, California. Uh, when I was president of MDS, they had a reporting requirement. We tried to get that through the, the legislature here. Um, and there, there were plans in, in California that was low, had, you know, 8 or 10% MLR. Um, you know, that's hardly insurance. And, uh, you know, that seems like money gouging, quite honestly. So I think that, 
I think this will spread very rapidly. My, my guess is in the next five to 10 years, um, you, you probably will see this in the majority of states. You know, I'm sure that that uh, a lot of insurers will try to fight it. But I, I think when they saw how, as Jeff said, how, you know, you get 72 percent of, of, of anything, of voters to agree on anything in this country. Um, that's about as close to a landslide as you're going to get. Um, so I, I, I would suspect that this will move uh, rapidly. And I and I do think this will unite um, dentistry in a very positive way because this is a very common interest. Um, I also want to publicly thank you because uh, I was um, on the committee for MBS. You know, when you become president of MBS, it's like joining the mob. You can't get out. So, you know, they always keep you on these committees. So um, the uh, I gladly served on that uh, committee. And, and uh, you know, the first uh, corporate sponsor, if you will, that came to the plate was the ADSO before the ADA. Now, the ADA came with a monumental amount of money. They, we could not have even come close to getting to the finish line without them. But um, I think it was very important that you stepped up. You know, I asked Jeff and he asked you, and we got money pretty quickly. So, and someone's got to be first. That's what we're here first. for. Right. Well, somebody's got to be first. And, you know, I think everyone recognized it. And, uh, you know, maybe if that put a little pressure on the ADA, then, you know, maybe. Um, but, you know, the important thing was people came together for a common interest. And I think uh, it just shows that when, everyone works together and sort of rows in the same direction, we can accomplish some pretty amazing things. And I, um, I, I think the ADA, you know, between the repeal of the uh, McCarran-Ferguson Act a couple of years ago and this, you know, this is, um, there's a lot, I think, of potential momentum that will swing towards uh, patients and providers. So uh, as we're insurance should be. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with all of that. And, and I would just add, um, you know, when when you have sort of really good alignment between the ADA and the ADSO and the Mass Dental Society, um, you know, I, I would interpret that to say that um, dentists are supportive of this and, and dental professionals are supportive of this. Uh, but when you hear that 70 over 70 percent of the citizens of Massachusetts have voted on this, are also supportive of this. Um, you know, obviously what that means is this isn't a blue thing or a red thing. This is something that citizens, dental, that patients want, right? And view as a positive. So you have alignment where um, if you think about, you know, uh, I'm not a legislator, but, you know, if I'm a legislator in another state, um, they're obviously looking for out for their constituents and looking for things that uh, people want. Um, I don't think that the citizens of Massachusetts are unique. I don't think that they're the only people in the country that would like to see something like this pass. So I think um, when you just play that out, I think that um, there will be momentum. I know that as Dr. Lesbader said, there's a number of other states that um, have already either considered this or implemented this and um, I think it's it's just going to continue, and um, it's it's popular, um, and I think you know we feel an obligation, you know, kind of being a voice in the room around how this ultimately is going to be implemented. Um, we want to make sure that it delivers what it's intended to, which is something that the the citizens of Massachusetts voted for, and ultimately feel benefits them, and and we're trying to make sure that we you know we're there to deliver on that. 
No, 100% couldn't agree with you both. And obviously, as you both stated, not unique to Massachusetts, particularly about the collaboration among patients, uh, dental providers, and the associations that support the profession. So, you know, I can say to our listeners, ADSO is going to continue to work with state dental associations and ADA, as well as patient groups to really make sure that this goes into effect uh, and does spread like wildfire. So you've got that commitment, certainly um, from our end. Uh, one kind of final question, since you guys have been in the belly of the beast here and have really seen kind of all the machinations and how the sausage is made, what advice, thoughts could you give to our listeners that are in another state and are interested in moving the ball forward and um, on this topic? You know, what what should they be thinking about doing uh, and any kind of uh, things that you've learned from this process that you'd advise them on? Um, you know, all politics is local and, uh, and I can't stress, and it, particularly in Massachusetts, but I don't think most states are, are, are pretty much the same. So, um, I would encourage our listeners, our members, our member dentists, uh, and all practicing dentists, you know, it, it, it's always easy to say, well, let's rely on ABSO or let's rely on, on the ABA. Um, but it really... It uh, takes a lot of involvement um, on a personal level. Um, you know, Jeff knows that, uh, you know, I went through some interesting times when I was MDS president and, and, and was in front of DOI a lot. So you have those connections and you have those people and they know who you are and you know the key stakeholders uh, throughout the state and you can make those phone calls and, and you know, use local lobbyists to, to get you meetings, um, because that's, um, you know, if you put in the time um, and and do advocacy on really on, on district levels and, and, and really with the local politicians, um, it, it gets you, uh, you know, a lot of favorability with them. Um, I think some states, and I will say Massachusetts, you know, they when, when national organizations come in, they, the politicians tend to pull back. They, they respond, you know, as, Jeff said that they respond to their constituents and we are their constituents. And so if you want this to pass, uh, it takes a lot of, of work. Now, um, you know, we had an interesting way of doing it here, which is the, the ballot question. I don't know if every state has that option because the legislative process would have taken years. Um, I think we had a bill pretty favorably uh to come out, you know, that was, would have been a reporting requirement, which actually the, the bigger insurers weren't necessarily fighting because they're, they're, you know, they looked better than some of the smaller ones, but, but these, you know, again, the, you know, there's a lot of lobbying that goes on. So when you go through the legislative process, as you said, that, you know, the sausage making is not very pretty. So, um, and then it does come down to who spends the most money and stuff. So, uh, you know, my my advice to, to every young dentist is to get involved with the dental society. Doesn't matter how you practice, they they will be welcoming. And, you know, whether you're in a DSO, whether you're in a solo practice, whether you're in a larger group, um, you have to get involved. And, and, and you know, that is the voice that most of the local legislators uh, want to hear. Um, you know, people coming from Washington or Chicago, or you know, they they'll listen and they will be polite and they, and, and I would encourage people to use those resources. I mean, you guys were wonderful in terms of the resources you provided us, but, um, 
you know, I think it was really important that Jeff and I were, were kind of the mouthpiece for Massachusetts because we're local. Um, you know, had you done it, you, you are clearly much better looking than the two of us, and you probably would have made a, a better impression. But uh, thank you, you, know, thank you. are like bald guys. We're we're it. But uh, <laughs> you know, but you know, but they don't know you. So you know, um, I mean, you look like a Kennedy, but you're not a Kennedy. So uh, <laughs> um, well, flattery will get you everywhere with me. Thank you, yeah, I appreciate no, that. So uh, that's the advice I would give you. You have to, you know, you, it, it takes time and it takes away from your practice. And it, you know, if you ever want to go broke, become president of your dental society, that's a good way to do it. Um, but, you know, it's important work and, and it has to, it has to be done. Um, and, and you, someone's got to be the voice. And when it is a, and I will say when it is a practicing dentist, uh, it goes further. Absolutely. Yeah. Jeff, any, any final thoughts on the topic? No, I, I just I agree with all of that, and I think if you really take a step back, I mean, if if you're someone who has really deep political connections or has a a very large checkbook and you know wants to start trying to fund this kind of thing on your own, I, I'm sure you could get that done as well. But I think the reality is, um, you know, working with your state dental society and knowing that. The ADA is supportive of this concept. The ADSO is supportive of this concept. Um, if you haven't been involved in your dental society, um, you know, join and go to the next meeting and talk about, hey, I heard this, you know, really cool thing that happened in Massachusetts. How do we make it happen in our state? And I would think knowing that, uh, you know, you can get the support of both the ADA and the ADSO. There's a there's a blueprint here. Um, to work through your dental society and be a part of that and bring this to your state. Uh, I think it's that simple. And, and with that, uh, the, you know, the dental societies have, you know, both the, the connections and the clout that, you know, you don't have to individually go out and, and figure out, you know, which politicians might support this because the dental society has already done that. And that's the advocacy that you get um, you know, from your, your society. So I, I think it's, that alignment is really critical and I would encourage everybody to, to get involved. No, that's, that's great. And I think just, just for our listeners, you know, I think both Dr. Lusbader and, and Jeff mentioned it, obviously ADSO is going to be very, very involved. And if you are thinking about this, looking at this or hearing about things, please, you know, feel free to, to get in touch with, with me. My email is asmith at the ADSO.org obviously work through your dental society association, but, you know, again, whatever practice modality, we are supportive of this issue. And so looking forward to taking this show um, on the road and, and delivering greater access to care. Uh, so with that, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you guys have a lot going on and uh, I think this is a really informative conversation uh, for our, our listeners and, and to those listening. Uh, thank you again for taking the time to tune in. Uh, we're going to have some exciting uh, new episodes at the start of the new year. So I just want to wish everyone a happy holiday season and we'll uh, kick things off uh, at the start of the year. So thank you again, uh, Dr. Lusbader and Jeff. Much appreciated. Thank you for having us. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Thank You for Flossing. I'm Andrew Smith. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss our next episode. And to learn more about how dental support organizations are driving the future of oral health, visit 
www.theadso.org. That's www.theadso.org. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time.